Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Oh my god, my headphones are so fucking loud. I mean, are we, are we, are we, are we, are we, are we? just exploded in my eardrums. Turn my headphones up, oh, son. Jesus. Anyway, welcome back to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hello. Episode 65. Kevin, do you have fun with your N64 this week? I did. I played a lot I of 007. About that. I mean, it made me want to go back and do the same. Yeah, I played a lot of 007. Realized I'm not very good at that game, but... It's still fucking fun. I put so many hours into that game as a kid, like, eight-year-old me would beat the shit out of me now <laughs> if we played Goldeneye. It would suck, but it would be fun. Anyway, welcome back. Uh, we're back for another week, and uh, we're all still alive. We just got back from Studio 7, copped a couple Bongzilla shirts. Yeah, I got a Snapple Punch, Mango Punch, for 79 cents. I didn't even know they made that. It's it's okay. It's the kind of thing you find at the Mini Mart across the street from Burger King. Oh, BK Lounge. On Lander. I should have hit up that uh, BK Lounge. Or Taco Bell on the way back. It's okay. I think <sighs> we're getting some food delivered to us tonight, so we'll be okay. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Deathbed Confessions. The homies, man. The sandwiches. Uh, he told me that they're bringing bacon-wrapped meatloaf. Oh, man. So that sounds so good. Wrap your mind around that. All bands should be required to bring up sick food. <laughs> Sanctuary. Or beer. Brought up. It that was barbecue Yeah, it was tray. probably two or three years back. They brought up a barbecue tray, and it was fucking dank. Yes. It was I was so vegetarian good. at that time, so I was just sitting there going, God damn. Got any leafy greens? <laughs> you make me a salad? <laughs> Is it too early for a fish sandwich? Fish sandwich. <laughs> fish sandwich. Uh, yeah, so how's your week been, Ian? Good, man. I've been working a lot, and it finally fucking rained. Yeah, yeah, that was, was kind of nice. nice, man. I got all my plants in the house from outside the day before that happened. Oh, that's Ooh. good. Yes, so I'm pumped on that. You need to water them, right? But you just handle the watering right. on your own? But so I you do have a, like, my vegetable garden is pumped. I, I'm, one of my pumpkin plants died, man. <sighs> it sucks when that happens. It makes you feel like a failure. Your child died, bro. Yeah, your pumpkin, it's dead. You're a, dad pump, you're a bad pumpkin dad. <laughs> <laughs> you're not fit to raise a pumpkin motherfucker. They uh, die on you like everything else. Put that in on a coffee cup, and I'll ma I'll You're, totally drink out of it. I'm a bad pumpkin dad. <laughs> <laughs> bad pumpkin Num daddy. <laughs> number one pumpkin daddy. <laughs> <laughs> number one dad. That's my new name for like uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Pumpkin daddy sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's all the, let's get back on AIM. Even better than Blumpkin daddy sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love ex I like I love having people look up what a blumpkin is or like what a blue waffle is. You know what that is? I don't even know what Ryan? a blue waffle is. I know a so blumpkin. Yes. Though. Okay, cool. I was because I was gonna ha get your reaction. I, right I, there. I feel like Kevin needs to Google blue waffle right now. Okay. I, I feel like we need to see this. Google reaction. image search blue waffle. Oh, image search. Yeah, image. Okay. Search it. Am I gonna be able to use the internet at work anymore <laughs> after this, dude? I, with some of the things that I see Ryan Castle looking up around here in front of people, I think you'll be fine. Oh. <laughs> That's a trick my buddy Travis Leva used to play on people. He had a tattoo of a blue waffle. <laughs> like a blue Eggo waffle. Uh, ah. 
That might have to be my next tattoo in tribute. So, uh, a tribute ha- blue waffle. How you, how you doing there, Kevin? That's awful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, my mind is a, a twisted uh, pictures of desi- diseased uh, things. Waffles. Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, this week was sweet. I got to see a blue waffle. Yeah, I got to see that. Changed um, your life. Forever. Worked a lot at the new job. It's been pretty chill, but uh, having fun there. And then I've uh, been going home, going to a few shows. I went and saw Max Sabbath last night, which is like a Black Sabbath tribute band, and all the members wear uh, McDonald's costumes. It, it was a trip, man. Uh, so it, did it live up to the hype? Uh, I, I stayed for about half of it. I didn't have faith. It was fun. It was weird. It was fucked up. It was funny for like... A while, and then I just, I don't know, I was like, uh, I don't know, man. Well, the, from the videos that I saw, the guy couldn't sing his way out of a wet paper bag. Definitely not yeah. talented vocally. The band was sweet, though. Uh, May- Slayer McCheese was the funniest to me. He was Mayor McCheese with, like, the big uh, motorhead tusks. And that He was badass. Um, it was fun. It was an experience. I don't know if I need to see it again. Yeah, fair enough. Well, at least you didn't pay. Yeah, exactly. What's up with you, Ryan? Uh, I had a pretty good week. You know, just uh, played a lot of guitar. Um, had my uh, my first couple night shifts here. That was really. You make it through to ten a.m. I did. It's I a did. ten or sh- a ten hour or twelve hour shift. Well, 10? it's it's a ten hour shift, but tag on the extra hours for Metal Shop on here, and it ends up being like a full sixteen hours that I'm here. Oh, because you get here station. early, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, that's a marathon. That's yeah. a stretch. It, it kind of is. You know, um, I'm so I don't think that's legal even. <laughs> is that can you are you even allowed to do that? Well, for uh, for a little bit there, I felt kind of kind of guilty. Just like there's nothing really to do. I feel I'm getting paid. I feel like I'm shooting. No, that's working. that's the point. Somebody's yeah. got to be there. I don't know. I, I'm just one of those people where when I'm getting paid for something, I feel like I should be doing something. Oh, uh, Ryan, they're you know? not paying you much. But, don't feel bad. But yeah, it's. I don't know. It was cool. Ended up playing a lot of guitar and uh, watching some X Files. So pretty much the same thing I would be doing at home during those hours. Nice, I guess. Right on. So earlier in, uh, today, Ryan and I went and saw the uh, NWA movie Straight Outta Compton. Very awesome. Was so two thumbs up. Good. It was two and a half hours. Jesus, it's a long really? one, but it's awesome. Yeah, it's it, great. Yeah, it doesn't even feel That's like cool. two and a half hours. It, it feels like it should be a solid half hour to forty five minutes longer than it is. It, it's. It's a really, really, really great film. The thing that kind of blew me away was the attention to detail, particularly in the studios, ah. because all the gear in the studios was very realistic to what would be in the studios during that time period. Elvis Studio on so they that had level. A, they recreated it. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it was huh. very to the T. It, it was that's cool. It's really impressive. So you like nerded out? <laughs> yeah. While that was going, on. Uh, I, of course I you did. Had a little bit of a nerdgasm. It, it was good. good. A nerdgasm. Yeah, what'd you do this week? Dude, I'm having a hard time even remembering what I did this week. I did so much of the same monotonous illegal activity that I did just kind of the week just flew by me, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's hard to keep track of all the people you're killing lately. Yeah, man. It's just, it all <laughs> blends into one blur. Stabbing motherfuckers and right. I drank a lot of Moscow mules. I do remember well, that's, that. That's probably <laughs> why you don't remember much from the week. Uh, what else? Oh, I played a lot of uh, Heroes of the Storm. Man, Is I've that been a computer so game good or things yeah. about that Battle.net. My buddy Greg and Trevor and I play online. Dude, all my roommates are into that game. Um, It sucks when you're playing with people who suck, though, because it's like a team-oriented game, and it's (laughs) free. It's totally free. You should get it if you're interested. But they always suck you into paying something for something, for some dumb upgrade or something that you want. Mm. That's the way they get you. There was a South Park episode about that recently. Free games, and they're like- Oh, premiums. Yeah. Yeah. They end up making you go insane. 
Like, don't you play one of those, like, Battle of War things on your phone? or what? Uh, I, I play Clash of Clans with a couple other metal guys and friends. And hmm. it's I never really put any money into it. It's just kind of one of those things I'll just pop up on the thing and type in the message just like, you guys are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing with me and video games. I've been playing less video games recently because <clears throat> doing that makes me feel guilty. I feel like I'm wasting my time. Yeah. I feel right? I always feel like there's something that I should be doing because I'm always perpetually behind on all the shit I need to do. Honestly, so I, when I sit down and play video games, I, it's like a guilty pleasure kind of. I feel like I got a lot better at playing guitar and mixing and other things that I actually should be doing when my Xbox red ringed on me. <laughs> when you didn't have time to play Call of Duty all the time. Yeah, exactly. Or you didn't have the ability. Yeah, exactly. I, I just kind of felt like I suddenly got this saw this spike in productivity and it was kind of a oh hey oh hey maybe i should do something else yeah maybe i shouldn't get another xbox and sit there for hours and hours and hours hey screaming at children <laughs> on the internet yeah I, I haven't upgraded to xbox i'm at 64 now and yeah. i got a ps2 as well so it maybe to, in it was, the next 10 years what was it it was gamecube a few years ago that you had i did and also a sega what are those uh what are those things called um Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Yeah, I had a Dreamcast with Crazy Taxi. <laughs> You're slowly moving up. Actually, I think you took a step backwards with the 64. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but so in reality, I, I, it's still a step up. It's true. Yeah. Definitely. It was a good system. All right. Well, fellas, since we're done talking about our own dumb bullshit, time to take the deep dive into the news. Starting this week, Atreyu has a new song out, just in time for us to bum out Ryan the Beard. Boo. Yes, Southern California's Atreyu have a new record coming out, which I didn't even realize. September 18th, it's called Long Live on Spine Farm Records. Dude, they're like the heaviest band to ever use a name from the never-ending story. So this is for you, Ryan. This is the only reason I'm doing this right Straight back to 2003, bitch. Metalcore! Yeah, you're uh, good. Good facsimile. Anyway, there you go, Ryan. I wonder where the singy part is. I, I wonder when that dude's finally gonna die. I feel like somebody's been choking him out for decades. <laughs> like it's. There it is. <laughs> Kevin, were you being facetious earlier when you said that you only like the singing parts in that band, or I think they're better than the screaming? I yeah. agree with Kevin on that one. Anyway, you know, I saw we saw Atreyu uh, play the Mayhem Fest in 2010. I'm sorry, I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was good. I was actually uh, surprised that they played. They played almost exclusively old songs, so that was uh, made it tolerable. Interesting, <laughs> it was, but it was good. I don't know, whatever. Uh, if they came to town with a good another good band, I'd probably go. Metal Allegiance has <laughs> posted a. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Hey man, it's hey. all good. I saw I saw Atreyu a long time ago, and then the last time I saw him was like I think at Mayhem Festival. Good yep, times. Same time, same place. Uh, so the Six Studio webisode from Metal Elite uh, Metal 
Allegiance is now available. Sorry, I thought it was Metal Alliance there for a second. But the band is Metal Allegiance. It has a whole crap load of people you know. Randy Bly, uh, Matt Heafy from Trivium, Troy Sanders, Alex Skolnick, Dave Ellison, Mike Portnoy, Rex Brown, Chuck Billy, uh, Phil Anselmo. Insane. Dude, so many. But what yeah. they, the cool part is this week they issued out the, the track listing and they, they said who's playing with who on which certain songs. Cool. So they basically issued out all of the like combinations that they set up. I think the one that I'm most excited for is probably Doug Pinnock, Jamie Josta, Alex Skolnick, Dave Ellison, and Mike Portnoy. Nice. Maybe the Triangulum one, which is going to be, I'm assuming, going to be like proggy or like trippy. Alex yeah. Skolnick, Dave Ellison, Mike Portnoy, Misha Mansoor, Ben Wyman, Charlie Benante, Phil Demmel, Matt Heafy, and Bumblefoot. Huh. That's a lot of very talented musician on, musicians on one song. And then the Phil Anselmo one is just stripped out down. It's four dudes. Him, Alex Skolnick, Mark Mengi, and Mike Portnoy, who's playing drums on every song, I think. Nice. Uh, do you guys want to listen to this? I intentionally yes. have like left it out for the last few weeks because I didn't want it to get like super monotonous. But Let's do it. It's only one minute long. Yo, what up, dog? <laughs> Sweet. Huh. That was the Matt Heafy one. Nice. Uh, I love watching people track drums. And I love drum cams. That shit just blows my mind, man. Always. You know, one thing I'm kind of noticing about this, I feel like Mike Portnoy, more so than anybody else in Dream Theater, has really mastered the web. That guy is just so on top of social media and promoing stuff like this. And oh, is he? I, I haven't I, paid, paid, paid attention to him. He, he really is. And... You know, with uh, it seems like every project he's in, he's very transparent about everything that's going on, which is it's it's really kind of cool. I wish more bands would get more on top of it and be more like that, more studio update videos and things like that, and more just uh, almost reality TV style, just sit in front of a camera and talk about some stuff. You know? Yeah, and um, it's I, I need we need more intelligent people out there also. Yeah, we need less fucking idiots that are out there running their mouths. You know what I mean? Yeah, talented, smart people. Come well, on. We need more schmirt people. But the dumb people are fun to laugh at, not with. Speaking of (laughs) dumb people that are fun to laugh at. I was wondering who was going to pick that up. (laughs) Uh, Wasp just put out a new track. (laughs) That guy's so funny Blackie is not in good shape, man. Um, Uh, it's, uh, It's pretty much just like hair metal. Yeah. Well, we're listening to Wasp right now. It's 2015 and we're listening to brand new Wasp. Not anymore. Weird. Baby lotion. So check that out. 
That's what that sounds like to me. Uh, let's counter that with something awesome. Brand new music by Iron F***ing Maiden. Speed of light. Oh, this video is trippy. They're going through a wormhole. Is that a cowbell? Hell yeah. Eddie's going through a wormhole. This looks like the Ed Hunter computer game. It's almost as good as Planet Caravan video. Hey, I'm down for this. This is sweet. Did I just turn into video game characters? Yes. Dude, this is, it's like Wreck-It Ralph. This is metal Wreck-It Ralph with Eddie as Ralph. Anyway, we should probably stop playing that. I'm not trying to get sued by somebody. Okay, I guess. Iron Maiden, new music video, Speed of Light, available online. We can post it on the Metal Shop Facebook, and uh, you can indulge with us and uh, listen to us talk about it. Brand new Niles, just uh, <clears throat> about to come out here at the end of the month on August 28th via Nuclear Blast. This is the best thing I think I've heard all the all year. Dude, all Nile is good Nile. Always. They said the song is called Evil to Cast Out Evil. The lyric video comes without a preface, disclaimer, or warning label, as it seems some listeners or viewers completely ignore them anyway and are determined to glean whatever random arbitrary messages from the song they damn well please. Well, okay, we understand music and music videos are inherently artistic by nature and therefore, of course, subject to interpretation by the audience. But don't say we didn't warn you. The danger this time is not from radical terrorists, religious fanatics, left-wing apologist sympathizers, self-important music critics, or right-wing ultra-nationalists deliberately misinterpreting our music, or hell-bent on imposing Fox News ideology upon unsuspecting music fans. No, the danger this time is your mortal soul. If upon hearing this song you insist on repeated listens or, or interminably bang your head or even feel compelled against your will to sing along with this uber-catchy metal anthem, then don't blame us if you wake up the next morning with your head spinning around backwards, hurling green vomit, walking downstairs upside down on all fours like an inverted spider, or speaking to your mom in a cookie monster voice at the breakfast table. That's quite the press release. Or otherwise channeling the possessed spirit of Linda Blair. You have been sufficiently warned. Have a nice day, and we'll see you on tour. Thanks, Niall. You have a nice day, too. Oh, there's the grindy. Nice. Well, black metal band Immortal, they're from Norway. They are fucking awesome. Uh, and they are now kind of two entities. Abath Abath has uh, departed. He's a new self-titled band called Abath. But the other two Immortal soldiers will continue on. Demonaz and Horg have gone through the legal processes to become immortal with their name with the logo with the entire whole thing so they are immortal now and uh yeah so they they're they're gonna carry on who's gonna, gonna continue do it, on it's gonna be uh it's gonna be the dude from necrophagist so yeah they're Swing gonna be <laughs> working on a new album uh, available on nuclear blast whenever they can uh finish up some shit. 
You guys see the Ned Flanders band this week? <laughs> Oakley Doakley. I woke up to seven messages oh, in my inbox about this band. So apparently I'm the guy that people think of first whenever they see something really dumb. In oh, you're Ned Flanders. Like, yeah. Duh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they all dress like Ned Flanders. Uh, the band is called O'Killy Do'Killy. Get it? <laughs> wow. And uh, they're, they call themselves the first world and first and only world's uh, <laughs> Nettle band. So let me play you one of their songs. That's funny. It says, even more of a gimmick than Ghost and Lordy combined. Kind of sounds bad, but whatever. I don't really get it, but it's uh, it's something funny for people to post on the internet and laugh about. All right. Well, that got some uh, Facebook uh, reposts and some shares and some likes this week. I certainly saw everyone posting about that, like Ryan said. So I don't know. Maybe Oakley Doakley (laughs) will release some good music. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. (sighs) See, uh, you guys hear about Ghost canceling their show in Philadelphia because the actual Pope is visiting. Oh, interesting. My question is, why is the Pope visiting Philadelphia? And then after that, it'd be, why at the same time? So basically what they what happened is they got a letter. Uh, I can't res- remember who it's from. It said, though, we wish to inform you that due to Frankie's visit next month in Philadelphia, we received, oh, there it is. We received a letter infor- informing us that ghost fans would not be able to use public transportation or park their cars next to Union Transfer. In hopes to ensure that each and every ghost fan can attend this show, we decided to move the Philadelphia concert uh, at Transfer Union or Union Transfer to a different day. <laughs> Sorry, the Pope's coming to town. My favorite part of this whole thing is they write, Weirdly, there is an entire website dedicated to just this one visit for Pope Francis. If you feel the need to hear an old guy in a funny hat who's never had sex tell you how to live, details are available here. <laughs> I like they call him Frankie. Hey, Frankie. <laughs> Ah, Frankie's in town. Eh, we'll just move the show. Uh, you guys, uh, vegan black metal chef has been going for uh, like two, three years now. Yes. Two years? I don't know how many episodes there are, but so good. A lot of great people on there. Greg Bennick from Trial was on yeah. there a while ago yeah, yeah, yeah. too. So what happened? What's happening is the guy, uh, it's a phenomenon, the guy behind that, the chef, the vegan black metal chef, is starting a crowdfunder or crowdfunder or Kickstarter, I guess, to uh, uh, create this satanic spell book, aka a cookbook a awesome. vegan black metal cookbook yeah you know perfect for you know every vegan black metal fan in your life anyway if you want to give him some money i think it's pretty cool just promoting veganism and being healthy in general is rad and making it entertaining is even more important so good for him that's awesome i want to get a vegan black metal cookbook oh, uh, yeah. so lamb of god is going to be on jimmy kimmel august 27th like four days after pain in the grass um, they're going to be here on pain in the grass next weekend uh with slipknot and it's going to be sweet. But uh, they're going to be, yeah, on Jimmy Kimmel. And obviously that means that they're fucking breaking through, man. They haven't been an underground, quote-unquote, metal right. band for a while. But certainly haven't gotten that much mainstream attention. So it's kind of cool to see. I'll definitely be watching. Yeah, baby. Malevolent Creation. Ah, we 86 Mushroom Head last week. Can we 86 Malevolent Creation? Yeah, I'm into it. Ah, uh, oh, man. I trolled those Ten Commandments is such a fucking great record. But think, man. Think about it. Okay, we'll just, I don't know. You, you tell us, what do you think? For the amount of racism that Malevolent Creation... Dude, it's super, like, documented also. Uh, yeah, I don't really care either way. I say let's 86 it. 
I can't I can't stand that shit. Earlier this week, I got into a huge fucking internet argument with Steve Unger from Metal Church about this shit. No. And his fucking stupid kids about it. About what? About how white pride should be a thing and like you should be able to d I don't really want to get into it right now because if I did, I would be super fucking pissed for the rest of the day. What, and I could talk about it for hours and hours and hours. He just posted some shit about how- Just- he's been posting like these backwards-ass racist confederate flag-filled fucking bullshit for the last, I don't know, Month couple months. Yeah. yeah. And so I finally was just like, hey, what the fuck? You know? And then they just kept going with it and reinforcing it and then Steve Unger goes as far as to say, I'm going to petition to create a national holiday for straight white people. Ugh. <laughs> That's kind of gross, man. And at that point, I'm just like, you're a fucking parody of yourself. Somebody else, I don't know how deep I want to go with this shit. Somebody else on Facebook was like, that's not how you sell tickets, especially when you're a washed up rock star with uh, your kids riding your coattails. Oh, damn. So that was rough. I didn't say that. I'm just Jesus. repeating what I saw. <laughs> wow. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm not very happy about that either. So uh, speaking of washed up rock stars, <laughs> Marilyn Manson is to appear in the Let Me Make You a Martyr. Um, this could be the let me see, seventh and final season of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, he oh. was really good in that season, although he was playing like a creepy neo-Nazi in prison. So he's going to be portraying a hitman. The, the, uh, <clears throat> the con quote controversy about this movie is that he's portraying a Native American guy. Hmm. And people are like, there's lots of Native American actors that you could have hired, but Marilyn Manson's a huge name, so it I, and I think it fits his personality just fine. Marilyn Manson going to be a serial killer. That man loves cocaine. Um, <laughs> so Omnium Gatherum's going to come to town. They're going to be playing with Insomnium. Going to be a great show. <laughs> Insomnium, Omnium on the 24th, the day after Painting the Grass. See, it all comes back to Painting the Grass, man. Mm. Uh, Omnium Gatherum has a new song called Skyline, and it's coming off their. Uh, New album due out in February of 2016. Damn, it's early. Can't believe we're talking about 2016 already. Sounds kind of simple. Yeah. Swing your hair real slow. Think about some Viking stuff. Skipping halfway. Right on. They got all kind of pag pagan imagery going on in there. Right on. I I'm looking forward to that show, man. I really, uh, I really, really am. I love Insomnium a lot. They really wet your whistle. They whet my whistle. So, uh, Scale the Summit just premiered a brand new track called Kestrel. Um, and it's awesome. Have uh, quite the release about it. Um, explains the band. Kestrel is a really exciting part of the album for us, as it brings out the band's softest moments and the most intense moments all in the same song. Each instrument slowly builds on one another and keeps escalating towards some serious energy. It's a dynamic shift unlike anything we've really done before, and we're super excited to play this one live. Ooh, I'm super excited to be stoned while I'm watching this line.
Yeah, I'll skip it. Yeah. Kind of Russian circles there. It's cool. Uh, I like that bass tone too. You know, this band really does tones well. It's kind of like dirty, but not. Yeah, not abrasive. There's a couple of layers in there, but. There it goes. You guys see the cover art on here? Yeah. It's like uh it's like a bunch of uh, you know, Edward Scissorhands style paint like uh, shrubbery that's all chopped up into animals that are coming alive and out of the like walls. Damn, it's a trip. Anyway, that's awesome. I really uh, look forward to that. Dude. You know what I look forward to? Seeing Black Breath again. We couldn't make it to their show tonight at Linda's Fest, so I'm looking forward to next month, September 26th, at the High Line. It's the Black Breath record release show presented by Southern Lord featuring Goat Snake, a Battalion of Saints, Obliterations. Uh, it's going to be a good show. So, yeah, again, that's the, uh, what is that, September 26th? The High Line. Yeah, let's, let's be there. Cannibal Corpse is coming, but, or Cannibal Corpse is going on a full North American tour, and they're not coming to Seattle. Boo. The f***? <laughs> uh, the drummer from Tankard just had a stroke. Boo. So that sucks. I don't really know what else to say, but keep your uh, keep your thoughts out for that guy. Obviously, those guys are like literally all of their band is about getting wasted. I'm sure it had nothing to do with that. It's just got to lay off the beer for a few days, dude. Recover from your stroke. Jesus. Uh, so I just mentioned the, the Black Breath show is going to be happening. We wanted to go. It's a Saturday. Oh, again? Again. We'll never see Black Breath Jesus again. They Christ. only play for the prime Saturday night here in Seattle. So let's talk about some weird nerdy sh** for a second. You All cool right. with that? I'm we were it. And we were just doing it. You were talking about the the new Attack on Titan movie, movie that's coming out? yeah, man. The live action version? Yeah. Uh, when did this come about? Because I, th- I feel like I saw the trailer for it about a week ago. Um, God, I... Mean, I... Well, I do you, I don't know anything. I, I can't remember. I I know there's a there's a theme park they're getting ready to open up in Japan, and the pictures are insane. Are you serious? Because it's full size titans that like pick you up and chew you. Wow, it's freaking insane. Looking. I don't know. I feel like I would have a panic attack. Like <laughs> terrifying looking. And uh, yeah, so they have that going on. Uh, apparently, there's a live action movie coming out, and it's going to be split into two. So. The first one comes out in uh, September 30th, I believe, and the other one comes out towards the end of October. They're of the same year? Of the same year, and they're supposed to be about an hour and a half to two hours long each. So okay. two full-length movies, and it's... Well, how many episodes are in the... F- and Was it just one season, or was it, it two? It was just one season, okay. and they blue-balled the f- out of everybody at the end of the f- that first season. And uh, they're releasing the second season along with the movie. So wow. basically, you're going to have the movie and then a month to watch all the second season, and then the second half of the movie comes out, and that's supposed to be like the big thing. Wow. But yeah, that, I'm into it. If, if you're a metalhead and you're into really brutal, insane stuff, go check out yeah. Attack on Titan. Very it's, violent. It's great. <laughs> Incredibly violent. I, without giving away too many spoilers, the only thing I'm going to say is a little bit, but it's worth it. At the beginning of, it's basically a post apocalyptic thing. 
and people are living in these walled cities. They're like, yeah, circled in communities. They're like cattle. And huge, but they're huge cities, right? Yeah. And the walls are, you know, if massive. you were standing at the bottom of it, it'd be like 300 feet tall. Yeah, huge walls. Least. And there's these things called titans that are knocking over the walls, just walk through them like they're nothing and just munch people down. Yeah, they just destroy the city. So, bleh, uh, the, the series. Be- the beginning of the series, thank you. A titan just reaches down, picks up this kid's mom in front of him, rips her in half, and just starts chewing her. Just hugs her in his mouth. It's brutal, man. Yeah, they don't care. Straight it's messed wild. up. So, it's, it's cool. If you haven't checked it out, do it. And if you already have, then you know what we're talking about. I gotta check it out. Uh, you should, man. It's cool. It's the kind of thing where I believe it's on Netflix. The, yes, it is, and wh- at least it was. The thing for me, like, I only got halfway through the season because wh- I work from home, and so I always have to have something on in in the background. Yeah, but I don't speak Japanese, so if I'm not sitting down and watching it, because I the first time I went through it, I was watching the you know subtitled yeah the subtitled Japanese version, and uh, unless I'm sitting there watching it. I have zero idea what's going on. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the the dubbed version holds up, and I'm sure there's somewhere out there there's a really nerdy metal anime fan that's going to hear this and just be like, how dare you? Oh, my you? God, it's not even close to the same thing. But, yeah. It's um, the worst. The, the dubs are great, though. Uh, check, check it out. Uh, the second nerdy thing I wanted to just mention is that I just saw this, and it was just announced. Years of rumors have finally been made official. Disney CEO Bob Iger just announced at the D23 Expo that they are making not one, but two full-on Star Wars-themed land parks. Yeah. Uh, One in Hollywood Studios in Orlando and one at Disneyland in Anaheim. And each one of these parks is 14 acres wide. (sighs) 14 acres, it's the largest single land park expansion of all time. Wait, so they're going to have two of them and they're both going to be in Southern California? No, one of them's going to be at Disney World. One of them's oh, going to be Disney World Disneyland. in Florida. Okay. Right. So, fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. That's going to be awesome. I wish I, wow. I wish they had that when I was a kid, but I, the kid in me would love to go to that anyway. Absolutely. Man, I was stoked on Country Bears Jamboree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Star Wars would have broke me. So, I mean, like, you remember Star Tours? Yeah. yeah. Star Tours so, is badass. They had that, and I remember at the end of Star Tours, you get off, and there's like a Star Wars-themed little gift store where you can buy lightsabers and all that crap. Uh-huh. But uh, because uh, Disney owns the rights to Star Wars basically now. Um, there's going to be so much more cool there's stuff. There's 14 acres of Star Wars shit. That's a lot, man. They're going to be like walking around on the moon of Endor, walking around on the planet of Naboo, flying around in the Millennium Falcon and X-Wings rides and all kinds of crazy shit probably. Save uh, your money, nerds. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I have no idea how long that's going to take. Probably a long time, but it'll be worth it. I'm going to be cool if they're like, and it's actually already been built. Oh, by the way, just just pull the curtain. Here it is. Um, Okay. Anyway, just had to bring those two things up. So there's this uh, band called like, or there's this thing called Metal Mad Libs online. And they actually premiered a new song where the lyrics are composed of YouTube comments. Oh, that's perfect. So he takes the YouTube comments from the Metal Mad Libs and uh, he just he inserts them into the lyrics of <laughs> this song. And, and he tags the people who he took them from. And he tags them. So good times. Metal Mad Libs. 
These two dudes are sitting in their car, just put a CD in the player. All lyrics are written by YouTube comments. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, hold on. I need to pause this because this is fucking genius. Seriously. This guy is on to some seriously genius shit. This is the most American fucking thing I've ever seen. Especially in this decade. And this video is awesome. Yes, and the song is fucking sweet. And he picked the most hilarious YouTube comments and put them together perfectly. And yeah. this is Metal, Metal Mad Libs number five? We got it. We got it. Where have we been? I know. <laughs> we should have been on this from the beginning. All right, let's keep going. Look at this. Look at this fish in my avatar. Tomato soup gives me the tunes. <laughs> Okay, that's too good. See, I, I could listen to that forever. That's I awesome. Did they actually use some random dude's scream for that? Yeah, that was an inserted scream that was a YouTube submission. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, that makes me happy on the inside. All right, we uh we debuted some new sword last week. Here's another uh another one that they got coming out August 21st next week actually. Uh their new record's called High Country. This one's called Early Snow. These guys are going for the whole less is more thing. Sometimes short, less isn't more. Sometimes it is. Leaves fall from the trees. I'm Nights waiting for it.
Alright, let me skip. I feel like it's gonna be the same thing the rest of the song. Oh, well, oh, oh. Was I wrong? How far in are you? About a third of the song left. Yep, more of the same. <laughs> Alright, cool. Right on, new sword. Sweet. Brand new music by the Seward from Texas. Ghost is kind of doing a something kind of interesting. Uh, they're doing a U.S. record store run, and uh, they're they're still a, record stores. They're playing. Just <laughs> they're playing acoustic sets at record stores, so that's kind of cool. I'm I'm really curious to. I really want to go to this just just to see how it turns. Oh, out. you're gonna have to be there. Oh, wow. you'll be there Tuesday night. Tuesday, Kevin and I are going to be there too. Yeah, we're going to be hosting. Be hosting it. A meet and greet. So you're going to be hosting it too. Basically. No, okay. the acoustic performance with Ghost at the Silver Platter Soto location in Seattle at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. That's awesome. Tomorrow night, if you're listening to this now on Monday, like you should be. Correct. Consume it fast, Tim. <laughs> so, uh, Tim, give me product. Suck it down. Uh, Children of Bodom just uh, put up another new song. Um, yeah. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. All right. Go! Alright. It's not bad. I feel like... Because I listened to this earlier, I feel like it's different now. Is it just the beer that I had? It's like looking at an ugly chick. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I like this a lot. Ah, sounds great. I used to hate it. <laughs> Seems a lot more attractive. Wow, you're not nearly as annoying as her memory you being. <laughs> exactly. Oh, here's your keyboard solo. Oh, here it is. All right, let, let it go. There's a point I want to make here. Okay. Right here, this is where the guitar solo is supposed to be. And right. if you listen carefully, it's a perfect spot for it. There's no guitar solo. What the F? They there just do is. the chorus again, man. Yeah. So what what used to make this band so special was the interplay between the guitars and the keyboards. I agree. Everybody knows that the keyboard is shreds, which is awesome. Not right. a lot of bands have a keyboardist that can really lay it down. And that's definitely part of what makes Children of Bodom so cool. But Absolutely. Everybody wants to hear Alexi play guitar. That's almost every other time that the keyboard solo would go off, the guitar would be doing it with them. 
Or the keyboard would start and then the guitar would come. And they'd trade off. And then the guitar would go. Or, yeah, some kind of something, you know? Some kind of something didn't happen this time. Uh, You guys know about TED Talks, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love TED Talks. Uh, Gwar gave a TED Talk. What? In costume? No. Out of costume. Out of character. They talked about uh, the growing up in the area and and, uh, of Virginia and being badasses and the identity of Gwar. This is really cool. I'm going to watch this later on. It's about 15 minutes long, though, so I I don't want to play it all right now, but maybe we should put it at the end of the podcast. I think we should. This this looks cool as hell. You know, anytime you see a... a a headline titled Gwar gives a TED Talk. We should probably put that at the end of the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, TED Talks are great in general. If you haven't uh, gotten into them yet, go dig in, man. All right. That's some good stuff. Then stick around towards the end of the podcast. Uh, what the hell is going on? I don't give a shit about Motley Crue, really, because it's not. I mean, it, it, is Motley Crue a metal band? I, uh, I mean, pop metal. Kind of. They were. I, is Avenged I mean, Sevenfold a metal band? Well, no. they, they looked like a metal band. They played metal instruments. At the time, they played he, heavy rock. At kinda. the time, probably would have considered a metal, but looking back, like hair just metal, rock and roll. They're just a rock band. Yeah. Anyway, they just went on their final tour, quote final tour, because it's the second time they've said that. So uh, Vince Neil recently said, "This is it. This is going to be a big year, ending it with three days at the Staples Center and saying goodbye on New Year's, which is cool. Uh, that'll be it. We wanted to go out on top, and we're really doing that." And then he goes on to say that Motley Crue isn't calling it quits completely and they'll continue to exist as a band and a business. So they, And he goes on to say, the group might even record new music for possible inclusion in commercials or movies. What? We, said we're never gonna, we never said we're going to be breaking up. We just said we're not touring anymore. We're going to definitely be making more music together for different projects and stuff, but right now we're just really focused on doing these shows this year and finishing with a bang. I don't you know that. they're going to do more shows. Yeah, it's bullshit. Total bull. They're gonna do it. Why? Why even announce? Uh, whatever. Whatever. I'm they over need the it. money. Yeah, of course they they will soon. So you know the band Angra, uh, Kiko Lurero from Angra uh, just joined a Megadeth, and now apparently he's leaving Angra. Oh, okay. For Megadeth, he's got to do Megadeth full time. So they're gonna be finding a substitute for Angra. Uh, Ryan, trying to move to Brazil? No. <laughs> Although on. I do like big butts. There you go. <laughs> that might be the quote of the, d- the week right there. <laughs> Although I do like big butts, and you cannot lie. Has so anybody I guess... done a metal cover of that song yet? I feel like... Yes. Was it good? Please tell me it was good. Who did it? Uh, Baby Got Back? Throwdown? Yes. No. Baby Got Back. Is that what it was? Yeah. Throwdown uh, did it? Somebody oh, did man. back that thing up, too, which is what I'm trying to think of, but... Yeah, somebody wasted the time on that. So you guys know the band uh, Five Finger Death Punch. Speed of wasting time. Jesus Christ. This guy is coming, like their singer, Ivan, Ivan, Ivan Moody. Ivan Moody. Uh, is, all this stuff's coming out about him that's lending to the notion that he's kind of a huge piece of shit. No surprise there. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what's going on. He claims that he's not married, but there's a woman who's claiming that she's filing for divorce from him. I don't know. You can't just be like, we're married. I'm filing for divorce. They're like, no, you're not. So either they are or they aren't. 
So somebody uh, claiming to be his wife reportedly filed for divorce, and apparently his mother... Okay, another report surfaced which said that Moody's sister sought and was granted a restraining order against him in September 2014. His sister got the restraining order for herself and her two children after she claimed that Moody became violent after drinking or doing drugs. Uh, He allegedly threatened his sister as well as his own mother and daughter, and his mother is now seeking a restraining order against him too. What kind of a piece of s*** do you have to be for your mom to be like, I don't want this dude anywhere near me. He can't come near me. Yeah, seriously. Seriously, that in and of itself is a statement enough. So to be a little bit more fair, I think uh, the guitarist Zoltan Bathory, that name alone is crazy, of Five Finger Death Punch did say it's not true that he's married. So yeah, I heard that too. So, but I mean, this woman could be completely right. But take that and throw it away. I don't care about that. Your mother just filed a restraining order against you because you're fucking crazy or you're just an asshole. Or both. You're a crazy asshole. Allegedly here, it says that uh, Ivan Moody earns around $66,000 a month with that band. And I believe it because they sell out huge arenas and hell of people like them. Wow. That's not a bad uh, way to live. Wow, damn. 66000 a month. Good times. All right, uh, dude. Let me get some of that Ivan Moody money. Go beat up my mom and my sister and get paid for it. Gross. Damn, he looks like Fred Durst, sort of. Yeah, he's dursting! There it is. No, you know what he's doing? He's doing what that guy from uh, Crazy Train did. Ooh, my baby. Come, come, my baby. Remember that? Mmm, those nautical stars. So, apparently, at a festival, Glastonbury Festival in England, Motorhead was playing, and they played Ace of Spades into the song Overkill, but Lemmy just kept singing the lyrics for Ace of Spades over Overkill. That's so awesome. And he's just like, I don't give a f-. I'm going to sing what I want. So he uh, explained that he had a, quote, mental block. I think it's because he switched from Jack to vodka. <laughs> That's effing crazy. He said he's down to a pack of cigarettes a week, has swapped from Jack and Coke to vodka and orange, apparently to help with his diabetes. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> he says, I like orange juice better, so Coca-Cola can f*** off. <laughs> Uh, I love this guy, man. He he's says, like Metal's drunk uncle. He says he has to walk with a stick because his legs are, quote, f***ed. <laughs> but he added, quote, apparently I am still indestructible. As long as I can walk the few yards from the back to the front of the stage without a stick, or even if I do have to use a stick. <laughs> he, says that. he insists right here, the only way Motorhead will stop performing is if he f***ing dies. <laughs> He's going to do it until the day he dies. And I think that's fucking so hard. That's so badass. Did you Coca-Cola? I was reading recently Dick Dale, legendary surf rock guitarist. Yeah. Cannot stop touring because if he does, he dies. He has to use the tour money to pay for all his medical expenses. Wow. So process that. He, He said, if I stop touring, I won't be able to afford... All my health care costs, and I will die. Just like, well, let's go see Dick Dale next time he comes to town. <laughs> right? Buy a T-shirt. Help the guy Jesus. out, man. Uh, here's fifty bucks for your cancer meds, bro. Thanks for writing Miserloo. He would have had a lot that more money tight. to 
rely on at this time if he wouldn't have been involved in so many sexual, uh, se- <laughs> so many. Uh, Are you talking about Lemmy? No, I'm talking about Dick, Dick Dale. Dale. He had so many. Um, what what uh, sexual harassment lawsuits? Oh God, is that what his really? deal was? I didn't know oh, anything bummer, about that. Dude. That yeah. sucks. Well, uh, you know. Either way, Dick he Dale. Bill Cosby. Yeah. Uh, suicide Silence. Uh, Hernan Eddie Hermida from uh, old guy from Allshaw Parish. Now the Suicide Silence vocalist that replaced Mitch Lucker. He wants the rapper Tech Nine to be on the new Suicide Silence record. They've had everyone from dudes from Whitechapel to uh, f***ing Korn's Jonathan Davis, and now they want Tech Nizine. I mean, okay, from everybody that I've heard in the industry, and it's been at this point, I think three different people, uh, Benny, Brian, and Jonna, have all told me that Tech Nine and his crew are the most professional, like nicest, most legit people they've ever that they ever work with, and they Absolutely. look forward to every. They said every time they I'd they look to forward to meeting it. So Benny went to go pick them up from the airport once in his van, yeah. and they took him out with their crew on a fancy-ass dinner. That rules. Dude. They just took it. They were like, hey, brother, come on in, man. Come, you know. And they were like, drive us there. Come on in. We'll buy you dinner and drinks and all that stuff. So he sat there and ate with Tech 9 and his entourage. That rules. He said it was the weirdest, wildest thing ever. <laughs> That's but so bad. Fun. <laughs> I like the sound of that. So, yeah, cool. Good for Tech 9. Tech Nizarn. You know that Jonna gave me that Tech Nine shirt at the uh, the Danzig show, and I left it on the stage. So she was just like, "Uh, people have been leaving this here forever." So I just perpetuated the cycle. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Adam D from Killswitch Engage has rejoined Comparison Guitars. I'm not a huge guitar guy. I'm kind of <laughs> learning at the time, so I don't know what Comparison Guitars really means. I don't know. It's a how, custom how good company. that company is. They're pretty nice, man. Are they? Yeah. It's the kind of thing where you have to order it. You know, you, most of the time you can't just like walk into a store and buy a guitar. They would have that, guitar. Yeah. They, they right. play like butter, man. Uh, pretty so, expensive thing. Pretty expensive guitars, then. Yeah, a little pricey. Um, uh, Ghost Ship has a comparison. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it says they're handcrafted boutique instruments made in Japan. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, founded in 1995. Adam so D. They're supposed to be like yeah. So he, yeah, he's gonna be playing comparison guitars. Although I think it'd be rad if he, he was started building comparison guitars. That's like the only thing that guy has left to do on his resume: start building gear and equipment. Uh, okay, you know, we were talking about uh, the end of Mayhem Fest <clears throat> and the end of possibly, uh, you know, just touring rolling festivals in general. Yeah, uh, Corey Taylor this week has talked about the possibility of Slipknot expanding Knotfest into one of those rolling tour events. No. He says, there's been talk about it. My problem is that it's a little more than I want to grow Knotfest right now. I wanted it to kind of grow in increments and slowly expand. I think if we turn Knotfest into a big tour, then we would lose a lot of the elements that make it so cool, which I think he's 100% correct on. It wouldn't be a two, <clears throat> a two to three days anymore. It'd be a big one day thing. And we wouldn't be able to bring out a lot of the elements that we like, like the carnivals and the museum and stuff. So it's definitely a conversion that's going on right now that we're trying to figure out. But you know what I mean? Never say never. Let's see what happens. One thing I know about Corey Taylor is that he's a very good businessman. He's smart. He's talented. And anybody who's anybody with this kind of thing going on sees the huge hole that Mayhem Fest is leaving mm-hmm. by just not doing it anymore. So if somebody does it correctly, you can kind of corner the market if you're the first yep. one to say you're doing it or whatever. And Slipknot Fest, Not Fest, seriously has such a badass lineup. They right. have so many genres 
just covered. Which is so not a f- sentence that I ever thought I would hear. You it's know, Discord right. and not it's, fest. It's great, man. Their lineup is it's so varied. Bunch of different genres and really good bands. Gangster rap and death metal from each subgenre. Well, I feel like they're doing what Mayhem Fest tried to do. Remember when Mayhem Fest had like video game stuff and like there was like motocross going on and like yeah. all kinds of like active interactive shit that makes you makes it fun and memorable and they had the shred booth. Right. All that stuff. And this year there was None of that. Literally zero. And it just felt really empty. So maybe, like you said, do the carnivals, the museums, stuff like that. Get, like, hire like uh, hire the carnies to bring the fucking Ferris wheel with you or whatever. I, I love carnies. Small, Small hands. hands smell like cabbage. <laughs> uh, Bruce Dickinson landed a plane in a fucking field after it ran out of gas. He's so metal. <laughs> this week. Wait, He's th- indestructible. This title to this article is so good. Iron Maiden's Bruce Dickinson makes emergency landing after his replica warplane Tight. runs low on fuel. And the picture they have to go with it is so badass. So it looks like, uh, okay, he didn't land in a field. He landed, uh, he diverted to a uh, military base. <laughs> he was just like, oh, there's a airfield. I'm coming in hot. So he was, he was flying a triplane. Not a biplane, a triplane, mm-hmm. like one that's got three levels on it, which is fucking sick, dude. Damn. The guy wrote Aces High. That, and now he's flying. Yeah. And I think saving he, people. he probably was then too. Uh, I just like knowing that when <laughs> singers that sing about crazy, uh, you know, conceptual shit actually follow through with stuff like that. I think it's rad. Obviously, Bruce Dickinson is a fucking badass. And if slash when he ever leaves this planet, we are going to not be the fucking same. This guy's awesome. It looks like he hung out there for three days and kicked it with them, too. Is that what they're saying? <laughs> yeah. He really does have a magnificent Fokker triplane, so it was a pleasure to provide it with a home for a few nights until we sent him on his way. Man. Wow. Super cool. Says he started flying at the age of 30. 7,000 hours later, he finished as a Boeing 757 captain <laughs> and 737 instructor. So he said, luckily the aircraft design I fly is still older than me, but the gap is closing. In my spare time, I sing a bit, own a company that fixes airliners, and I'm trying to bring airships back into the skies. Actually, I should have been born in 1898, not 1958. Say la vie. Damn. What a dude. Doing cool stuff with his money. All right. Uh, Speaking of not doing <laughs> cool stuff, let's flip this around. God damn it. Uh, Disturbs David Dryman trademarked his, uh, ooh-ah-ah-ah, ah that like sound that he makes that sounds like a monkey taking a shit before he flings it at you. I can see the yeah. uh, So he's quoted as saying, "These young bands need to know that I did it first. I hear it all the time. Everyone, really? kn- everybody knows uh, I came where? up with that stuff. Like a mirror. Pretty much every rise band is oh, doing yeah. it these days. Like blast." The nerve of these folks. I came up with that line when I was coughing on my spaghetti one night at a dinner in Chicago. What they, the f- This has got to be a parody thing, man. Uh, I, is this I real? I, I believe that. Do, okay, here's the thing. Uh, when celebrities are doing sh- like insuring body parts, I'm sure he's going to do something like trademarking his ooh uh, What he says here, Draymond took the protective measure, measure after a seemingly endless list of vocals are editing their vocals to sound just like the intro to Down With The Sickness. Although the new style is being created using fancy computer editing, Draymond wants you to know that he did it first. Although, you might be right. This might just be fucking bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on it. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
whatever, man. Ooh, ah. <laughs> Either way, he I could see him doing it. He uh, seems like the kind of guy who would, would do that. Yeah. Let's just money believe it. it. Might as well. He's doing it. It's He's f***ing it. true. It's the internet anyways. There's no lies on the internet. Never. Never. <coughs> that was that sandwich. Okay, it's time to get ignorant. In a classy way. It's time for Brutal Poetry Too Hot for Radio, where we uh, say the things that we probably shouldn't and couldn't say on the radio. We get in touch with our emotions. Mm, grab a cup of chamomile tea, smoke a little weed, and listen to Ryan recite this passage from Torso F***'s Erotic Diarrhea Fantasy. Ugh. Take it away. Last night, I had the most exciting dream in it, I was surrounded by many asses. <laughs> I got <laughs> all over. Diarrhea <laughs> from every direction. I felt like I was in heaven. My <laughs> the biggest load of <laughs> I had ever Ooh. seen. Suddenly I woke up. It was only a dream. But why was I covered with diarrhea? Good question. That is a good question that I ask myself sometimes when I wake up. Asking me important questions. Why am I covered in diarrhea? (laughs) I bet Guar would know. Let's listen to that that TED Talk. Here's TED Talk with Guar. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Don't get on. Unless you want to. (laughs) Or do.
what is, what is going on here? What are you even supposed to be talking about? Your mic's not even on. You're, you don't even have your tablet. No, it's, it's cool. No, it's cool. Come over here. I'll give it to you. All right, see, you can just right here. My name is Michael Bishop. I am a musician. I'm from Richmond, Virginia, from Hopewell, Virginia, actually. Uh, I am uh, the human slave of the berserker Blothar, who is the new uh, lead singer of Guar. Um, I'm also an academic. Uh, I graduated from the University of Virginia uh, with a PhD in music. Uh, and my research and my writing focuses on music and issues of regional identity. Um, so, you know, when I was asked to speak about Guar, Guar, you know, how is Guar uncommon? Well, <laughs> one, one way is that they claim to be uh, aliens from outer space that were frozen, they were sent to uh, Earth to conquer the planet, they were frozen in Antarctica, uh, and there they lived until uh, glam rockers in Los Angeles using hairspray uh, like, you know, bands like Rat and Poison and Motley Crue created a sort of global warming which caused a hole in the ozone layer, <laughs> thawing out Guar. Uh, <laughs> so Guar is from Antarctica. But really, Guar is from Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> and, what, <laughs> and what we found when we got out, on, when I was a, a young guy in the middle of, of the 80s, uh, riding out in the world, is that that's almost as strange as being from Antarctica to many people. <laughs> Guar, and that's what I want to talk about today, is Guar as a Richmond band, right? How does Guar reflect the culture, history, and even the geography of Richmond? Uh, one way is that Guar was the product of the underground music and art community of Richmond, Virginia in the mid-1980s, right? Guar is, uh, it's made, it's an art collective of musicians and artists that work together to create meaning. Uh, we call that collective the slave pit. And uh, what we create is guar. But uh, in fact, a lot of musicians in Richmond, uh, dozens of bands, and a lot of artists have gone into the creation of guar. It's truly a product of the underground community in Richmond, Virginia. And those people can claim it, right? Um, and Guar would not have existed were it not for Virginia Commonwealth University. <laughs> and in particular, the art school there. Um, uh, and in particular, the ways the guys really hated art school there, right? So the two most important figures in, in uh, Guar getting started were Hunter Jackson, an artist, Dave Brocky, a musician, also an artist. And both of the guys, those guys moved to Richmond to go to school. Uh, and, but they didn't actually meet there. They met at another place, a sort of hub of the uh, underground arts community in Richmond at the time, which is the Richmond Dairy. And uh, the Richmond Dairy is a building, it's very distinctive, it's over here in Jackson Ward, it's got you know, three milk bottles uh, on the corners. Uh, but in the mid-80s, it was a dilapidated, rundown space that was constantly being renovated, but nothing was ever really happening. And uh, it was full of a bunch of hippies, 
and artists and ne'er-do-wells, punk rockers, and that's where we could afford to put our rehearsal spaces and where we could afford to, to create art, right, to have art studios. And Jackson Ward in the 1980s was marked by severe economic depression, right, concentrated poverty and crime. And the dairy was kind of an island in the middle of all that. So the dairy was the site of the first slave pit, because that's also what we call the studio. Hunter Jackson uh, had moved there, and he was making a low-budget movie about aliens that try to conquer the planet Earth, but they get distracted by sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and so they start a rock band. <laughs> well, next to Hunter's studio at the dairy, there was a rock band, a guy named Dave Brocky playing in his uh, goofy band, Death Piggy, who were one of the greatest bands from this city ever. And the idea was, well, they'll be the rock band. Right? And so Guar was born. And it would not have happened had it not been for the Richmond Dairy. But also, though, interestingly, it would not have happened if Richmond didn't have urban decay, right? if it weren't a blighted city. Uh, harmful policies during the mid-'80s of, of sort of subsidized housing, uh, withdrawal, lack of investment, and white flight from the inner city to the counties, uh, concentrated poverty in the inner city of Richmond, Virginia. And that fact bears on the creation of war. And so I want to talk about something right now that might make people a little bit uncomfortable because I'm talking about race, right? Uh, I think that there are some unexamined dynamics of race, class, and power in that fact. Here's where I become an academic. Guar registers this city's troubled history of race relations and economic struggle. So too, Guar registers racialized debates and contested narratives of history in Richmond, Virginia. We named our production company Slave Pit. The people who work for Guar are slaves of Guar. And when you tell people that, in the mid-80s, it's interesting, most people didn't bat an eye. Now, right? Well, and, and you know, slavery is in a way a central concept to Guar. Uh, you know, we talk about working for the band as being slaves of Guar. We, Guar has slaves. Guar are slaves. Um, but, and of course, slavery in the context of Guar, we're talking about this sort of DIY ethic of punk rock, right? A voluntary devotion to art. And, and it represents freedom in this weird way, right? The freedom to create. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean all the other stuff that it means. We can't divorce that word from the concept of slavery, especially not in Richmond, Virginia. It has a specific meaning. We can't take that meaning away, right? Um, can't divorce slavery with its historical meaning. So an example of how Guar reflects and reminds Richmond of its history is this idea of, of slavery and Guar slaves. Uh, but, it, but, but the idea also kind of betrays privilege. It betrays uh, Guar's identity, right? Uh, in that in our narrative, slavery is an option, right? Uh, just like it was an option for us to live and work in Jackson Ward. And it might not have been that way for the other people who lived there. That dynamic speaks to the identity of this city. Uh, Richmond has always challenged Richmond. Uh, a lot of, we've challenged the social world here, world here. Early on in Guar, we killed these sort of archetypes. We'd bring out an, a redneck on stage that had a shotgun and we'd kill him. And we would kill the art teachers that we had at VCU. And, and we would kill religious figures, right? We would, we would uh, 
you know, we bring out anybody that sort of like wanted to sort of brandish a moral stick at Guar, we would kill them. <laughs> but Guar is not real. Guar's never killed anyone. Before he died, Dave Brockie said something very interesting on the news. Uh, he said, you know, they were like, well, what about the controversy surrounding Guar? Well, Guar, he said, is doing nothing but continuing a Richmond tradition of death and destruction. <laughs> the civil, you know, and what he was talking about there was the Civil War and tobacco, right? Like, uh, the Civil War made Richmond, Virginia, a city of mass graves, right? It made a horrific struggle happen here that you can't erase that energy. A lot of death happened in this city, terrible violence. And the narrative of that history is contested. And that's one of the ways that Richmond is known on the world stage, is that that narrative is contested. Putting a statue of Arthur Ashe on Monument Avenue, putting the statue of Lincoln at Tredegar, building a stadium over the site of a historic slave uh, market. Um, so these debates are what Richmond is known for on the world stage. And it's known for tobacco, an industry that for years killed people. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe the people killed people, there's that argument. But smoking caused cancer. And they knew it, and they denied it. The only people denying that smoking caused cancer in the world were attorneys from Richmond, Virginia. So Richmond economy, Richmond history, linked to the Civil War, to death, to issues of race, uh, economic struggle, but also Guar. In that context, Guar looks like the safest thing to ever come from this city. So, so why is all of this important? Because like it or not, Richmond, Guar is one of your most recognized cultural products. I'm very proud of that. And Guar never killed anybody, right? <laughs> Guar carries Richmond, Virginia to the world. And while we do these things on stage, we kill people on stage, we act crazy, Guar is about creative energy. It's about people coming together to create something. And I just wanted to do that today and, uh, or talk about that today, and also acknowledge the history surrounding uh, that Richmond, Virginia. So, thank you. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 